Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're learning to challenge the way we think. When you start believing that God has a purpose and a plan, when you start allowing faith to paint a picture of what you're going to be and who you're going to be and what you're going to do, then there is power in the present because there's hope in the future. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Last weekend, Mark explained how certain trigger points in our life can cause us to panic, to falter in our thinking, and begin living out of fear instead of faith. And to illustrate this somber point, we've been following the story of Elijah that's found in the book of 1 Kings. We're learning how the fears of this powerful prophet caused him to fall away from God's will. But the good news is, our thinking can be corrected and the strength of our faith can be restored. To show us what it takes to rethink our thinking, here's our Bible teacher, Mark Job. You may be doing excellent today. You may do an outstanding today. Or maybe yesterday, or a month ago, or a year ago, you were doing extraordinary. You were like walking on the water, calling fire down from heaven, doing extraordinary things, and then something happened. A trigger point hit you. And it opened up the door to fear. And then fear started invading you, and instead of believing what God could do, you started seeing your future Painted by the brushstrokes of fear, and that becomes the image that drives your life. And now, suddenly, you can't erase that image. And instead of moving forward in the supernatural, you give way to the natural. And now you're sinking and wondering what happened to your life because you were driven by a trigger point that's filled you with fear instead of being filled with faith. I'm getting encouraged by what I'm saying. Sometimes I got to do that. Sometimes I got to talk to myself and say, you hear yourself, Job? And this is what happened with Elijah. And I don't know what your trigger point is. Maybe your trigger point is in the heat of a moment of fighting, your husband mentions the D word, divorce. And then suddenly... That's your trigger point. You're full of fear. My marriage is falling apart. We're not going to make it. And then suddenly what you had joy in now and you were having victory and now becomes full of fear. Maybe you find a few molly pills in your teenager's son's backpack. Now you, you have him a drug addict and he's never going to overcome and he's going he's gonna to go wild and never come back and and, and that's when you see him, that's what you see. Maybe you've seen a pink slip to one of your coworkers, and all you can think of is that you're next on the chopping block. Maybe you've had a bad report from a doctor, and all you can think of is, is all you see yourself is, is, is through the lens of fear. 
Maybe you have a court appointment in front of a judge and, and all you can, you're just riddled with fear about the future. Maybe you've been disappointed by a leader and all you can think of is people are always going to disappoint me. I don't know what your trigger point is, but I do know this, that if you allow fear to invade your thinking, then suddenly you're going to go from living in supernatural power, victorious supernatural power to suddenly spiraling downward to a place that the enemy wants you. So the first thing that needs to happen in our life is that you need to recognize the trigger points. Be aware that you have trigger points in your life that open up the door to fear and get you out of the faith walk onto the fear walk. Number two, when you rethink your thinking, First of all, you have to recognize the trigger point. Secondly, you need to look for heaven's food in the wilderness of the fear-filled desert. I love this. As I read this story, Elijah's running to the desert because he wants to get away from his problem. And that's oftentimes what we do with our problems. We run from them. Instead of facing them and dealing with them, we find ourselves running from them. If you're running from your issues, you will continue to avoid your issues and it will affect your destiny. As long as you're a runner, you'll never be an overcomer because as long as you're running, you'll never stop and deal with your issues. And some of you are here and you're 35 years old and you spent all of your life running. You've run so much. You've run so much from the hard places that your destiny has been affected by your running and God is telling some of you, stop and face your issues. Stop running. Elijah ran. And I love this, that it tells us that Elijah ran. He ends up in the desert because when you run, you never go to your destination. You always end up in a place opposite of where you're going because you're not focused on where you're going. You're just focused on what you're running from. So he ends up in the desert. He's depressed. He's discouraged. He's semi-suicidal because he said, I've had enough, take my life. And the Bible says while he's laying down there, he falls asleep. When you're depressed, you like to sleep, right? Because you like to forget about your problems. That's why people that are discouraged drink a lot because they want to knock out. They just don't want to think anymore about their problems or they want to take a pill and sleep it off because the only reprieve that they get from life is when they're sleeping. Some of you can't wait to go to sleep at night. When you're running from life, you can't wait to sleep. When you're engaged in life, you can't wait to wake up. Some of you don't want to wake up because you don't want to face life. Others of you don't want to sleep. You can't wait to wake up because you're so engaged with vision and future and excitement. You just want to wake up and tackle the day, but some of you, you just want to sleep. And if you had your way, you would spend all your day sleeping. Elijah falls asleep. And he says that once an angel, well, I love this. Catch this. You don't want to miss this. This is divine insight. He's asleep, and all at once, an angel touched him. And the angel says, get up and eat. I know some of you are going to use this in the future when you're going into the, in the refrigerator for your silk pie. You're going to say, I think an angel told me. 
I think it's godly. The angel says, get up and eat. Now, what I love about this is that it says in verse 6, and he looked around. Who looks around? Elijah. He looks around, and what is he looking for? He's looking for the food of an angel. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals. Now, who made that bread baked over hot coals? Listen, this was baked by an angel. Now, I don't know how angels bake. I don't know, you know, where they go to culinary school or how they learned how to do this. But this food was made by an angel specifically for Elijah. And what made this angel make this food in the middle of Elijah's running? Listen to me well. There are times in the middle of our desert, in the middle of our darkest moment, that the grace of God, which means the unmerited, undeserved favor of God, gives us bread from heaven. This bread is not, this bread is meant to give us the power to make it through a journey that on our own, we would not be able to make it through. We need food from heaven. And the Bible says that he ate, he drank, and then he lay down again. So the angel of the Lord came back a second time, and he touched him, and he said, get up and eat for the journey. Oh, I love this. Listen. For the journey is what? It's too much for you. This journey is too much. Why? It's the journey, a long journey to the mountain of God. This journey is a journey to face your issues. This is a journey where you're going to God and you're going to need supernatural strength to run to the mountain of God and at that mountain, God is going to deal with you. Now, how do I know this was a special meal? Because it says that he got up, he ate and drank, and he was strengthened by that food. This is like if you could package this angel bread because the Bible says that he ate and he traveled 40 days strengthened by this one meal. What's the lesson in this? Here's what I want you to understand about the grace and the goodness of God. You may be in the middle of your darkest moment right now. You may be in the middle of the valley and this is a very, very tough valley. Can I encourage you to raise your head and look around because I believe in the midst of this, look for the divine food from heaven that can strengthen you for the rest of the journey. God is not saying, do it on your own. God is saying, I'm gonna give you food from heaven in the middle of it. Now, how does the food from heaven come? It may come from a verse that someone gives you. It may come from a word of encouragement that came out of the blue. It may come from a phrase, a deposit in your heart, something that strengthens you when you are really weak and tired and don't think that you can make it. It's food from heaven. I don't know, some of you maybe today, you didn't expect to get food from heaven in this place, but we walked in this service and God may be giving you a, a piece of bread from heaven 
through this service to help you make it to the mountain of God where you encounter God in a fresh way. It's food from heaven. So I want to encourage you, look for the bread from heaven to strengthen you in the midst of your journey. It's that bread that's going to make you go further than what you thought you could go. Some of you are at a point where you say, if I were to talk to you personally, privately right now, you would say, Pastor, I cannot go one more day. I just can't make it. And I want to encourage you, look for that bread from heaven. God is not going to let you not be able to make it if you raise your head and say, God, here I am. I need the bread from heaven. Amen? You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job here on Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message for the next point on how to rethink our thinking in just a moment, so be sure to keep listening. Did you know that in addition to this weekend program, Mark's teachings are also aired each weekday on our sister program, Bold Steps with Mark Job. If you want to listen on your own time, feel free to access these messages online or on our podcast or through our popular Moody Radio app. You can discover all the ways you can listen to Mark by visiting our website at boldstepsweekend.org. Right now, let's dive into part two of Mark's lesson titled, Rethink Your Thinking. So when you're rethinking your thinking, number one, recognize your trigger points. Number two, learn to look for the food from heaven. Number three, refuse to allow, refuse to allow fear-filled thinking to cloud your vision and paralyze your progress. Refuse to let it happen. The Bible tells us that Elijah, as he traveled into the desert to the mountain of God, he allowed the fear to begin to paint a picture in his mind of who he was and where he was going. He began to cloud his future. And when God said, what are you doing here, Elijah, when he finally reached the cave, he said, I've been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. You can almost hear the whininess in his voice. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets together with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. You see, in his mind, all he saw was a future in which he was the victim. Failure was there. There was no hope. There was no goodness. God wasn't in the picture of his future because he allowed fear to fill it. Let me tell you something. If you allow fear to paint a picture of your future and allow it to get a hold of your mind, then you're going to be heading towards a dark destination. And here's what I know about fear. One man put it this way. I've heard it said before. If there's no hope in the future, there will be no power in the present. When the enemy can rob your hope, he starts taking away the energy to take care of the present issues. Some of you are letting your life go because you don't believe that you have a future. Some of you don't care that much about what happens in the present because you can't see beyond the next two, three, four, five years. They did studies in which they interviewed young men 
that were raised in very violent communities, in war-torn communities, and then in gang-filled communities. And oftentimes they interviewed 16, 17, 18-year-old gangbangers that had seen a lot of their friends die. And when they interviewed them, most of them did not expect to live past the age of 25. When you start believing that God has a purpose and a plan, when you start understanding that there is hope, when you start allowing faith to paint a picture of what you're going to be and who you're going to be and what you're going to do, then there is power in the present because there's hope in the future. Uh, Someone needs to hear me today. Elijah became a victim when he lost his vision of the future. And I believe many of us if, you'll, if we allow fear to invade our thinking and wrong thinking to get a hold of us, that's why Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, do not conform yourself to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is, his pleasing and perfect will. Listen, whatever message is repeated most and loudest in your head will determine how you see the future and will dictate how you live your present. If in your head you keep seeing the message of I'm gonna fail, I'm not gonna do anything, I don't really have a real purpose in my life, it's just existing, I have nothing to give, I have nothing to offer, this world is short, I'm pretty much a failure, I'm a user, I'm a taker, I'm not a giver, there's really little that I have to offer, I'm gonna end up like other people that I know that I've failed, I'm gonna repeat the mistakes that my parents made, I'm gonna repeat the the addictions that my brothers and sisters made. If that's the mental tape recording that's playing over and over and over and over in your head, then it will dictate how you move into your future. Fear not. 366 times, I looked up some of those verses. I don't know what fear is playing in your head right now. If it's about your marriage and your kids, about your health, about your spiritual life, about your future, about your destiny, I don't know what fear is playing in your head. But can I remind you of the words of God? Can you hear them? If you're full of fear right now, Psalms 23 verse 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That should be bread from heaven for someone here today. Yeah. Psalms 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom? No one. Not if God is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer is no one. Hey, that's bread from heaven right there. Amen. Oh, I got more. I got more. Psalms 118, verse 6, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And seriously, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a self-discipline. 
First Chronicles 28, verse 20, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He is with you. Psalms 56, verse 3 and 4, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Word of the Lord. Bread from heaven. I mean, some of you need to be eating some of that bread from heaven today. And lastly, number four. Not only do we need to recognize the trigger points that the enemy uses, we need to learn to look for the bread from heaven when we're in the middle of those moments. We need to refuse to allow fear to cloud our thinking. We need to step towards a fresh encounter with the presence of God that erases the old message and records a new message in our thinking. After all that was said and done, after Elijah complained to God, this is what God simply said to Elijah. He didn't try to change his thinking. He didn't try to say, argue with Elijah. This is what God says to Elijah in verse 11. Then the Lord said, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. God says to Elijah, Elijah, you're thinking all this. You have worried thinking. You have messed up thinking. You're full of fear. You've allowed your faith to disappear. What you need, Elijah... Oh, you don't need a vacation in Cancun to refresh you. You may need that. That would be nice, but you know, you need something more than that. You don't just need a friend to encourage you. You need more than that. You don't need the problem to be solved. No, you need more than that. Elijah, what you need is you need to step out of your cave to the mouth of the cave, and you need to experience a fresh encounter with the God of the universe, because once you are exposed to his presence, his presence will sabotage your old way of thinking. His presence will erase the bad and put in the old. His presence will remind you that he is more powerful than anything. You need a fresh encounter with God. Go out and stand there. And God is about to pass by in front of you. I look through the scripture and there's story after story about fresh encounters with God. Isaiah was in the temple and God showed up to him and he saw a throne and angels that flew around that throne and yelled to one another, holy, oh, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. With two wings they covered their faith and with two wings they covered their feet and with two wings they flew. And they declared the holiness of God. And when Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, when he saw that, the Bible says that he fell on his face and he said, woe is me, for I am a sinner. And then he said, I need to be clean. And then he said, Lord, use me. Saul was on the road to Damascus and he had an encounter with God. He knocked him off his horse and he was never the same after that. Jacob thought he was a deceiver and he had an encounter with God and God changed his name and his name became Israel. You see, there's something about a fresh encounter with God that reminds us of who God is and who we are in God that changes us around. 
You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, a powerful message from our Bible teacher, Mark Job. If you miss any part of our current series, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call, we encourage you to get caught up online by visiting boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're there, if you have questions about your own encounter with God or simply what it means to be a follower of Jesus, we invite you to click the link on the left sidebar that says, Take Your Next Step. There's an engaging video from Mark that will walk you through some of the most fundamental questions and answers about the Christian life. And once you've finished this video, let me encourage you to fill out the contact form below. When you do, we'll send you a personalized letter and a couple of books free as our way of saying welcome to the family of God. Once again, you'll find these resources online at boldstepsweekend.org. And before we close, we also want to remind you to request your copy of our latest Bold Action Gift. It's a book by Mark that goes hand-in-hand with this current series. Exhaustion and disappointment can derail even the best of us. In fact, it happened to nearly every servant of God who ever lived. But how they handled that season is a lesson that we can all learn from. And in my book, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call, I lay out seven biblical principles that will help you identify the spiritual snares that have caught you, and what you can do now to break free and to get back in motion. And I'll be happy to send you a copy when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Once again, the book is called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave, and Into Your Call. And if part of your call this new year is to reach out to people with the truth and encouragement of the gospel, then we invite you to join our outreach efforts by becoming a bold partner. Your monthly gifts will help us share God's Word on your local station and to other new listeners all across the country. Make the most of this powerful study by requesting your copy of Mark's book today. We'll be happy to send you a copy of Unstuck when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Make your donation online at boldstepsweekend.org. Well, that's all the time we have. I'm Wayne Shepherd. On behalf of the entire Bold Steps Weekend team, have a great weekend. And be sure to join us right here next time for another edition of Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.